0: Welcome to the Family Life Movement Podcast.
1: Today we are joined by Laura McClellan. She is a lawyer, a writer, a productivity enthusiast, a tech geek. She's been married for 40 years to her high school sweetheart with whom she's raised five amazing kids. She's passionate about encouraging women in their individual journeys as people, wives, mothers, and citizens. She hosts a weekly podcast, the productive woman whose purpose is to help women find the tools and encouragement they need to manage their time, life, stress, and stuff so they can accomplish the things they care about most and make life that matters.
0: Laura, welcome so much to the podcast. We're glad that you're here.
2: Well, I'm just delighted to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me.
1: So Laura, what has brought you to this point in your life?
2: oh my goodness so so, I'm assuming your episodes are like two and a half hours long Is that exactly right?
1: exactly <laughs> okay, you can give me version.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm gonna give you the really short version i of what has brought me to this point in my life. Uh, I have been married, as you said, for forty years to Mike. We married when we were eighteen years old. we were barely a year out of high school had our first child when we were 20 and um, kind of went from there and we've never had a like a big master plan for what our life was going to be we just kind of always did the next thing and I, I I sometimes joke that we've lived you know six or seven different lives in our lifetime uh, but just doing that is I guess what has brought me to this point in my life is uh, very different than I thought it was going to be when we started out all those many years ago. At, at this point, we are empty nesters, and um, I'm practicing law, which I, you know I didn't I didn't even have that on the radar when I was 18. And my husband's an engineer, and we are actually, as we're recording this, he's at home, you know, packing stuff because we're moving from one home to another next week. So. Um, I don't know if that answers the question, but just sort of always doing whatever looked like the right next thing is what's brought me to this stage in my life.
0: Well, oh, I absolutely love that. One of the things that I think as adults we get so caught up in is creating this master plan before we ever even enter college. We have this idea of what we want our life to look like, what we want our marriage to look like, what we want our kids to look like. You know, we want the American dream, the American household. And I love what you're saying here about leaving room to allow yourself to pivot.
2: yeah, and that's uh, you know, like i said we we had maybe some dreams when we got married, but we could not have imagined back then forty you know a little more than forty years ago uh now what our life would look like today and I'm very grateful for you know we've had some hard times we, we went some most of them we brought on ourselves <laughs> um but uh, I'm so grateful for where we are now and that you know we've kind of gone through this adventure together uh and always you know we try to do the right thing but sometimes you don't know what the right thing is and you just sort of take a step in the direction you think you ought to go and see where that takes you
1: that's great. Um, you are obviously a very, extremely busy women, woman, um, and you have raised children successfully.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You have a demanding career and multiple side interests. How did you do it? I think is what everybody wants to know. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, uh, another great question. So yes, we uh, Mike and I have raised five kids. They are all adults and out on their own. Uh our oldest, uh, I'm going to give you the short version cuz I love my kids, but so our <laughs> oldest is married and has four little girls of her own and they live uh, in Louisiana about 3 hours from us. Our uh, second child oldest son Matthew is in the United States Navy and he's stationed on Oahu and he and his wife have three little boys <laughs> we'll lose the track here our middle son and his wife and their one-year-old boy live up in Wisconsin our fifth child second daughter lives about an hour from us she just got engaged a, a, a month or so ago is getting married in March so we're in the throes of wedding planning and then our youngest child and third son is in graduate school up in Indianapolis and uh, and so uh, you know to the extent we've raised them successfully uh, it's hard you know you never feel you you never know if you're doing the right thing when you're raising kids and that's that's been a challenge for us you you can look back and think oh I wish I'd been a little kinder I wish I'd done this or done that um, as they were growing up but they're all happy and healthy and they still like to come home. They like us and they like each other. So I consider that, you know, a major win. Um, how I've done the things I've done, uh, sort of backwards. Uh, we had our kids before I went to law school. And so when I w- moved, when we moved to New York for me to go to law school at Cornell, uh, I, we, we, did it with five kids in tow. So that was kind of strange. (laughs) The, 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 the two things I would say, and I'm rambling a little bit and I apologize for that, but I wanted some context for this. The two things I think that have made the difference for me to be able to do the things that I have done are number one, I married wisely. I have, and we did marry very young, but my husband has been my Uh, biggest supporter biggest cheerleader biggest encourager uh, in all the crazy things that I thought I wanted to do when I went to him and said well we've got all these kids I'd like to go back and finish college because I I had had a 10-year break between my second and third years of college while we were having kids and he was like go do it and so I did and then I came home from school one day and said, "I kind of want to go to law school, and my professor thinks I can do better than just going to the law school down the street, so we'd have to move and he said, "Let's do it and <laughs> do it. Um, you know so he and he stepped in after all those years of me being home full time and you know doing all this stuff at home. He stepped in and stepped up and you know would cook dinner or do different things so that I could study or whatever I needed to do. So without him, I would not have accomplished anything that I've accomplished in the years I've been alive. So that, that's number one for me. Number two is I've been a productivity geek since I was in middle school. And so I've ha- I had lots of years growing up to sort of try different systems and tools Figured out what worked for me in terms of managing my time, managing the, the things I needed to get done so that by the time I was in college and law school with five kids and, and then practicing law with kids still at the home and all of that, I kind of had systems in place and tools that worked for me to help me be as efficient as is possible um, in those circumstances. So those are the things that I think have made the difference for me.
1: I I love what you said about your husband being very supportive. Um, I don't know how much you know about me, um, but I am a traveling speech therapist, so I'm working day job while he stays home and homeschools our kids. So he's Mr. Mom, and he was trying to encourage me to go back for my clinical doctorate. It didn't work out, but, um, you know, so yeah, we wouldn't be able to do it without our spouses sometimes. (laughs) that's very, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Be te- teamwork in a marriage makes all the difference. And I, I, I like to think that I've been a supporter and an encourager of Mike as well of the things that he's wanted to do. We, um, you know, he had an opportunity years and years ago when we had two young kids to, to travel playing mu- music. He's a, a brilliant musician. And he was invited to come and play in the band for a, a, a Christian singer and travel around the world, around the country and around the world playing with her. And I, I said, let's do it, let's make it happen. And so, um, you know, we moved across country for him to do that. Uh, I think, you know, I'm sort of getting on a tangent here, but <laughs> you know, okay. I've got a little bit of a beef with the way Hollywood pre- uh, portrays marriage and love and romance and all of that. Um, and that it's this, you know, you, your eyes meet across a crowded room and you just know and you're meant to be together and you fall into each other's arms and it's just, you know, sunshine and roses and birds singing forever. And then when that stops, you, you know, well, obviously you're, you're not meant to be anymore. And so you go your separate ways and go find somebody that makes the birds sing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, romance and all of that stuff is great. It will not sustain you for 40 years. <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I promise you. I love him more now than I did when we were 18. But it, uh, there were days, uh, hopefully he won't listen to this. No, he, <laughs> not, he talked about it. There, there have been times when I wanted to drop kick him out the back door. You know, we, but you, sometimes in a relationship, you grit your teeth and you just keep going because you took vows and you you know, made promises to each other and you're going to keep those promises and you get through those tough times and then you get to the next good time the teamwork and the support and the friendship for me are at least as as important as any of the stuff that they put in the movies and the TV and without that i wouldn't be uh, i wouldn't have accomplished the things i've done and i wouldn't be the person i am without those years with Mike. And I think he would say the same.
0: Wow. I absolutely love that. And you cover so much great stuff there. Let's talk a little bit more about 40 years of successful marriage. You talked about how there's such a great teamwork there that you lean on. And I believe you said your husband's name is Mike. You lean on Mike. And at the same time, Mike is leaning on you. So it's a hundred percent on both sides. It's not this, this 50-50 thing. There's a marriage out there struggling. There's somebody who's listening to this and going, wow, I love what Laura's got. She might have had some struggles. She might have had some some different things. What are some great tips and tricks to get past some of those struggling years where the birds aren't singing and, and where things aren't you know, looking perfect? How can we get through some of those struggles? Oh, you know,
2: that's... The $64,000 question, isn't it? it um, first of all, to remember that you made a promise. And promises mean something. So sometimes you have to remind yourself of that. So that's, for me, the first thing. We made promises. And are we the kind of people who keep our promises? Or are we the kind of people that find excuses why we don't need to keep those promises so that's number one number two I think and this is a lesson that was hard for me to learn it took me many years to learn this and that is to remember it's not his job to make me happy Uh, nobody can make you happy that you got to do that yourself and if I don't feel happy or if I'm not feeling loved, or if I'm not feeling whatever, that's on me to do the thought work, to work on my own mind, um, to to make myself happy. And the, I had to l- learn that if I'm not happy with, hi- with him, I'm not going to be happy with anybody else either, because the, that's all between, you know, that's between your ears. Um, I'm not articulating that very well, but I I really do believe it's important to remember it's not your spouse's job to make you happy. Um, You gotta do that for yourself. The third thing is to, it's sort of related to that, um, to, it's all about managing your own thinking. The longer you're with somebody, the easier it is, if you want to, to see what's wrong with them to see what they're doing wrong, to see um, what's not working. That requires, to, to make it to 40 years, yeah. really requires, sometimes to make it to, to one year, yeah. requires you to manage your own thinking about that and purposely when you're aggravated about, you know, like Mike, he's awesome. He will not, he will drop his dirty socks On the floor beside the laundry hamper (laughs) instead of lifting the lid up and putting it in there and so i if i want to get aggravated i can find things to get aggravated about when i see something like that i have a choice i can get aggravated and think what a slob he is and he's not a slob but that's just one little idiosyncrasy of his or i can stop myself and say okay he puts his socks on the floor beside the laundry hamper but he also built me a carport for my car so it wouldn't be out in the weather and he also one one day when i was walking out to my car uh, you know i mentioned that I, I have to wear these old shoes to get to my car when it rains otherwise my my dress shoes would get ruined in the muddy mm-hmm. grass walking to the car i came home a couple of days later and he had I didn't ask him to do this he had gone and gotten some paving stones and made me a path to walk to my car without getting my shoes wet mm-hmm. silly little thing but I have to remember that's the kind of guy he is he's the guy who drops his socks on the floor by the by the uh, hamper and he's the guy that will not close a drawer all the way but he's also that guy who thinks of what I need Without me asking and does those things for me. and I think when you're going through the tough times, you can wait for the other person to change and you'll be you might be waiting a long time or you can decide to change your own thinking and look on purpose for the the good in that person. why why did you fall in love with that person to begin with? What are the good things he or she does? and remind yourself of those that it's all i think it all comes down to managing our own minds instead of trying to change somebody else
0: i love this idea of changing your own perception right so we think so many times hey you know and a lot of arguments start like this if i come from a counseling psychology background a lot of the fights are hey you always don't throw your socks in the hamper, right? You always do this. We all, you always do that. And that becomes an identity factor that your spouse can take on, which is, you know, of course, negative and hurts their self worth their you know, their own thought processes and stuff like that. I love how you make a choice. So it's not about the other person at this point. It now becomes about you deciding to be intentional about your marriage, about the things that you love about your husband, about the things that your husband does well. And when you decide to do that, when you decide to change your own perception, your own mindset, at that point, it not only builds up your marriage, but it also builds yourself up as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's so so true and so good. I hadn't really thought about it that way, but it's very true. The the truth in, in life, is you can't control another person you can't change them you can't make them uh, you do anything you can't control your circumstances in life you can't control anything except what go, what you think and what you do nothing else mm-hmm. and the secret to happiness whether it's in a relationship or just you know in being happy in the world is all about what you do with your own thinking mm-hmm.
1: That transitions beautifully into my next thought. So, do you have any thoughts on mindset and how you can use your mindset to change the way that you're doing things to make them better?
2: Um, (laughs) It's a hard question. Yeah, I do have some thoughts. No, no, I do. I'm thinking, but it's. it, my thought about that is it's hard yes it that, that's what i was thinking as you were yeah. you know cuz i said a minute ago you can't control anything in the world except what you think and what you do um controlling what you think it may be the hardest thing in the world but the, it's i think my <laughs> i think it starts with recognizing that you can control your thoughts when a thought comes into your head you don't have to let it roost there and start bearing fruit. You can notice you're having a thought, and how does that make you feel? Do I want to continue feeling that way? If I don't want to feel that way, then I need to change how I think. And recognizing that you have the ability to do that, I think, is the most important thing. You know, we we, I've had conversations and I used to feel this way. Well, you know, he made me feel this way or she made me feel that way by what they said. Well, no, nobody makes you uh, feel anyway. way. You feel the way right. you feel because of what you're thinking about. Yes. And you can choose to think differently. And it requires intentionality and it requires practice because we get in patterns of thinking That don't serve us. You know, I'm one of those that I get something, you know, something happens and I have a thought about how aggravating it is or frustrating or whatever, and I'll just gnaw on that like a dog with a bone and just be miserable until I start catching myself and say, okay, is this how I want to feel today? Do I want to be miserable? Do I want to be mad at Mike or mad at my colleague at work or, you know, mad at AT&T and don't get me started there (laughs) or (laughs) do I want to be happy today okay so if I'd rather be happy and at peace what do I need to think about in order to get there and I can choose a thought and sometimes um, you know when when, one it it, and if you've listened to the podcast you've heard me talk about Brooke Castillo before and her podcast um, the the Life Coach School podcast and she talks about this, the, the value of kind of doing a mind dump, what are the thoughts I'm having? What are, how am I feeling right now? And what thoughts are, are leading to those feelings? Writing that all out and looking at it and picking one of them and, and, and thinking, what do I want to think about instead so that I'll feel the way I want to feel? And, and then choose to think about that on purpose. It sounds, it is simple, but it's not easy
1: simple but not easy (laughs) exactly exactly right yeah and and changing your mind if you've already got those mind that mindset or those thoughts you know changing those is very you have to be like you said intentional and effort it takes effort to do
2: yeah yeah absolutely
0: I absolutely love this. So many gold nuggets already, but we're going to go. Hey, we're going to keep on going, keep on pushing through. So, one of the things that you're talking about, one of the things that you've mentioned in order to be a better mom, in order to be a better, you know, if, if you're one of the men there listening, you know, be a better dad, to be a better spouse, is focusing in on your own mindset, focusing it in on your own self care. So, what are some of the different ways? that we can be uh, more productive with ourselves like what are some good morning routines what are some good ways that we can wake up in the morning that way we can be charged ready to to go at the day or unwind after a busy day
2: oh yeah you know being intentional about developing those things is so important I, for me, I think a good morning starts the night before with, you know, the simple things like getting to bed at a reasonable time and, and um, the things that, uh, that I need to do in order to get a decent night's sleep, which can be a challenge. But for me, an ideal morning is going to start out with some time for myself. And I know that's hard for especially for folks who have young kids at home. Um, so finding if if it works for you, even if it's just you know fifteen or twenty minutes uh, getting up a little earlier than the kids or the other people in your household, and doing something that that sort of feeds you, whether that's um, you know reading a, a a few pages from a book that inspires you or um, listening to something that inspires you, uh, whether it's a podcast or an audiobook or something like that, something that just makes you, that, that kind of motivates you or gets you in the right frame of mind. I think uh, there are lots of specifics we could talk about, but the general principle is to protect maybe those first 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you can do in the morning, protect those as time to Um, to take care of yourself, whatever that means for you. For a lot of people, uh, maybe it's, you know, grab a cup of coffee and sit down with a journal. Uh, Some, you know, some people like to read a few verses from the Bible or some other sacred text that's meaningful to them. Uh, Or, you know, there are tons of great books out there. I think it's feeding yourself something positive to start out the day is a great way to get you off to a good start. I, I think the worst thing, my worst days start with me picking up my phone and scrolling through social media, honestly, yeah. Yeah. Um, because you're almost never going to find anything positive in there. And so if you can start out with a few minutes of something that's positive and uplifting for you, whatever that might be, uh, I, I think you're going to get off to a much better start and feel more energized and you know and all the usual self-care kinds of stuff you know eating something healthy um drinking plenty of water all those kinds of things we think oh yeah whatever those <laughs> things make a difference if we don't take care of our bodies our minds are going to go kind of down the toilet with them. <laughs> you know it just it, those things are all tied together if you're not feeling well physically it's hard to be You have to work twice as hard to be positive mentally and emotionally. Uh, Does that help? I don't know.
1: Yeah, that. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on when you're dealing with that time that that short, short but long (laughs) time period of life when you have small, small children at home? You know, babies. I. My youngest is 16 months, so <laughs> I'm still getting woke up <laughs> in the middle of the night. They hear me as if I'm going getting up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom. They think it's morning. <laughs> yeah. But that's, it's oh, hard. I it's remember really, those days. Still trying. Yeah,
2: to- you know, I mean, the first thing I would say is, and then this is going to sound so cliche, I used to roll my eyes when I was a mom of young kids, and the older moms would tell me this that time will be gone faster than you think it will. It really will. And so try to be present for it. Um, And you may not, it may not be easy for you to, you know, have some self-care time or that quiet time in the morning because they wake up as soon as they hear you stirring So find that time somewhere else. And y'all can help each other out with that. And, you know, one of you cover the kids while the other one goes and, you know, soaks in the tub or goes to, you know, just goes for a walk or something that feeds you during the course of the day. And it doesn't have to be the first thing in the morning. But whenever you can find that time, um, so knowing that time will pass, it actually does help. Mm-hmm. Um, and helping each other find some time alone. For a lot of years when our kids were young, I was home and Mike was, you know, was going to work and we didn't have much money. Um, And so my, you know, my routine revolved around taking care of little kids, getting dinner on the table and stuff like that. But there were times, and I love doing it, but you get tired, right? And there were times when I would call Mike at work and say, when you get home, I'm leaving (laughs) and I'm not going to have dinner ready. You're going to have to figure it out for yourself. And we didn't have money for me to go somewhere, but I would just take a notebook and I would go to the library Mm -hmm. and sit for, you know, 45 minutes, just grab some books and flip through magazines or whatever, somewhere quiet and um, just kind of decompress a little bit. And he was, you know and he would find something for dinner when he got home i would just like he'd come in the door and i'd say i'll i'll be back sometime yeah. <laughs> and i and and that was another way that he supported me in that time when i was spending almost all my time with little kids who needed diapers changed or you know who were you know a toddler that would while i was changing the baby's diaper the toddler was eating the dirt out of the plant or something yep. like that. <laughs> it's like you've been there <laughs> oh yeah yeah Yeah, five little kids at home stuff happens or when they all got chicken pox at the same time Um, (laughs) that was probably a pretty rough week (laughs) it was it was (laughs) but you know again I think you have to help each other out we all need um some time to sort of decompress and be and just relax a little bit without having to uh, have an ear open for the cries of a young one and so y'all just have to help each other out with that
1: yeah yeah that thank you that really (laughs) the the uh days are long but the years are short
2: (laughs) so true yeah,
1: so I'm already seeing, you know, some of the changes, you know, as my Otis is getting to, she's almost seven, you know, we're getting oh. to that different, different dynamics. Thank you for listening to the family life movement podcast. I hope you had as much fun as we did to hear our thoughts on the podcast and to continue this conversation, join our free Facebook group by searching for the family life movement. See the show notes For links to our guests' social media and websites and any resources that were mentioned will also be linked in the show notes.
0: Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please go rate and review and send us a screenshot and we will send you a special access gift. Join us next time for more conversations, tips, and tricks on growing your business around your family.
1: Thanks for joining us and have a great day.